Stay golden, Coco. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> My recap's not long, but it's uh, <laughs> it's still worth hearing. <laughs> Hello. Hello. All right. Hello, and welcome to the only Golden Girl podcast to violate the underlying principles of our nation's economy. Sophia's choice. We supply the content that nobody demands. Uh (laughs) Joining me me this week is Alan. Hello. And Ski. Ho, ho. Uh, One of these gentlemen owns a riding crop and a leather bra and can lick their own eyebrows. The other has to pay full price for his cocktail franks. I'm going to let you decide which is which. (laughs) <laughs> so, so we're going to spend a few minutes listening to Alan recap an episode, and then we'll weigh in on which line and which golden we like the best. Then we'll quantify that enjoyment vis-a-vis slices of cheesecake. Before we shuffle off this mortal coil, we'll determine which episode of the Golden Girls is second best, and why that episode isn't as good as adult education. I just hope that uh, <laughs> you're... I feel like that you're putting displaying a little hubris that I'm not comfortable with <laughs> because you're definitely assuming that we're going to live for another year. <laughs> Have you seen the state of the country? Yeah. <laughs> we got an election in two days. <laughs> right. I don't think it's going to go well for people of our inclination, <laughs> but we'll see. Anyways, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I've thought about this every time you've done an intro that you really, I don't know if you're trying to will it into existence or just decided that you're going to keep you know, putting this out there, but you're like, we'll name our favorite lines. We don't name our favorite lines. We just mention them as we come along. And frequently you don't mention them at all. <laughs> that was originally one of your things. Like mm-hmm. it was on the list that we had to like come up with them. Yeah. Okay, so just for tradition. Oh, <laughs> posterity. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Fair in, enough. In theory. Yeah. We'll mention them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, let's see. I do have one quick listener interaction that I wanted to mention before yeah, we yeah. jump into the episode. Uh, we got a message from Stacy. Yay. Hey, Stacy. Yeah, one of our uh, definitely most... Uh, where's where's Stacy live? I can't remember offhand. I mean, I, I know that at one point, you know, I did send Stacy a sticker. Mm-hmm. And so, and if anybody ever would want a sticker of our logo, send me a message on Facebook or uh, through Twitter. Mom has got it going on. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if anybody would like a sticker, we still have a, a plenty. <laughs> 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 Bassinets. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you have to be, you know, 209. Exactly. Your 80 style beat or boom box. Mm-hmm. But she uh, she had commented on an episode or recently said, hilarious episode as usual. Yeah. Uh, also, for those of you who have been here from the start, I think we are owed a happy ending to this magical podcast. You don't even have to buy us flowers or to beg us to stay. Oh, nice. So, yeah. You, <laughs> we will definitely make it through the end. So, I know occasionally Brent and I might sound a little dour, but, um, <laughs> but we're, we're very committed to the uh, to making it through. So, Unless Brent gives me $140. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will end the podcast immediately. Anyways, that's... Just giving you $140 to give you know adult education is the greatest episode ever. <laughs> well, Why well, already told you I'm not willing to do that deal, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> You got the 1921 white socks. Right. I want to sell my integrity, but... (laughs) Anyways, well, today we're going over uh, Golden Girl Season 6, Episode 14. 
Sisters of the Bride. Oh, yeah. This one came out on January 12th of 1991, mm-hmm. written by Mark Cherry and Jamie Wooten. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, of course, directed by Matthew Diamond, who's just been tanking the season, at least for us. <laughs> yes, uh, but I'm sure. You know, I think the episodes have been a good quality. Yeah, yeah, he's had some fine ones. I think this one is, is a good one, um, but we'll we'll give our ratings here in a yeah. few minutes. So, scene one, uh, we open in the kitchen with Sophia making tea and offering her daughter's virtues in exchange for 40% off from Frank's Flowers. She also has gotten a deal on a caterer and the janitorial services, so Dorothy might just be the most popular lady at the banquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banquet they're planning is for the, uh, I assume it's probably the best friends of Good Health Society. <laughs> they don't specifically say that, but Rose is nominated for Volunteer of the Year. Right. So it would seem that's something along those lines. If it's not that organization, it has to be something pretty similar that they're involved in. Um, Blanche walks in. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh. I was just going to say, Ever. Like, Rose works a full time job. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. And yet she still has time to, like, volunteer and everything. Yeah. You know? Like, I also have a full time job, you know, but I don't have time to volunteer. And it's even sadder because not only does she have a full time job, she also makes love for four hours a night. Yeah. <laughs> so, where does she find the time or the energy to volunteer? That's true, well, but. She didn't say every night. Yeah, she did say whenever they get together and make love, it's for four hours. <laughs> that might only be every other night, <laughs> and then her four hours goes to charity on the alternating nights. So she also doesn't have her kids around. Yeah, that's she, she just constantly like running in the red. <laughs> yeah, she can't like burn off that energy in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> well, do you think, in all honesty, as a parent, okay. do you give four hours of attention to your children in a day generally? No, I yeah, I mean on a work day, I should say. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think I do either. So yeah, I don't yeah, know where four she. Hours. Definitely not four hours of undivided attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, if you were have making love for four hours, do you think <laughs> you'd even be giving your wife four hours of undivided <laughs> attention, or do you think at a certain point you'd be like flipping through your phone? I am present. Oh, honey, hold on. All for four hours. <laughs> all four hundred eighty minutes. Yep. You do on your own. Four hundred eighty <laughs> minutes. Wow, you're doing it for what is that? Uh, that's longer. That's eight hours, isn't it? Yeah, they'd be. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're putting miles to shame. <laughs> Stupid long division. Right? <laughs> Once again, the bane of your existence. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, well, Blanche walks in and she uh, takes a step back from her previous growth as a person, saying her brother Clayton is coming to town and she suspects that he's met a woman, assuming him being gay was just a phase. Our uh, foursome is complete when Rose joins, and we find out that she, again, has been nominated for Volunteer of the Year. She's been nominated and lost seven times before, uh, each time being defeated by Agnes Bradshaw. Uh, This might just be Rose's year, though, since Agnes had to drop out of the contest due to no longer being alive. Or at least we assume that she's out of the contest for that reason. Uh, Rose is quite excited. and same reason Frida Flaxen's out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think she got nominated, so... um, Rose is quite excited, and Blanche asks how she can be so cheery about someone dying. And uh, Rose notes that she was 89 years old and died in her sleep, to which Blanche replies she was driving the bookmobile, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. Um, That was, I I think I had mentioned in a prior episode, or maybe I mentioned off mic, I don't remember, but for this episode, when it said that she had uh, lost seven times, I really tried to 
figure out a way to make that song the Henry the mm-hmm. Eighth um, <laughs> and adapt What's it. What's the girl's name? Agnes. Yeah, Agnes. Uh, Agnes Bradshaw. But she's not Agnes. Yeah, but that wouldn't make sense. It's it'd be you have if to say you look something at the like. Context of the episode, it does. Well, you say Agnes the Eighth, that still wouldn't make sense. It'd have to be like I she was. Lost I'm seven not. Times already. Agnes never lost. So. I know, but and it was always the same Agnes, not the Eighth Agnes. I know. Who okay. wins this time? Well, I understand, but I'm just saying that your song is terrible, <laughs> so, and it doesn't make sense. You would need to say in some way that I've lost to Agnes seven times before, um, but like I was nominated. See, I tried to do this for like five minutes and gave up. So, so your your attempt still does not help anything. <laughs> I think it would just have to be something along the lines of you know. Um, like, I'm second eight times again. Second eight times again, I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lost Agus seven times before. And something like yeah, I mean, I thought it was like, I'm nominated, you know, for the, nominated for the eighth time I am. Nominated, nominated again, again, or something yeah, like yeah. that. I've lost seven times before, but that was before... You know, but Agnes was alive before. But then you have before. I need something else there. I don't know. That's a new challenge to you like listeners out there. Before. What's that? Something my arms with before. I guess so, yeah. That would fit within the song. Probably like so. I've been nominated seven times before. I lost to Agnes seven times before. Can't believe I lost to that whore. Yeah. <laughs> that was the word that I was thinking of. <laughs> um, and every time it was Agnes, never yeah. was Rose Nyland. Yeah. <laughs> but the eighth whole time. I got close, but I didn't quite make it. So I, uh, this episode, I did not come up with any deep dives. I didn't do any stories in Saint Olaf. You put all that time into the song, <laughs> right? That didn't pan out. Hey, and at least it did pad the episode. But I, I did come up with the most half-assed attempt that I have yet to extend our episodes. Okay. After each scene we do, well, the first five of six scenes. There's six okay. scenes in this one. Okay. Uh, I have an what I call an episode-extending question that I'm going to ask you, gentlemen. Is it related to the scene that we just saw? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They're essentially adapted icebreaker questions. Um, Tell me your thoughts on Keynesian economics. (laughs) Right. And I will judge you um, on who gives the better answer, and we'll see which of you wins at the end. So the first question um, for you guys is, if the Golden Girls were superheroes, what would their powers be? Okay. Uh, Well, you got to give all of them? Um... Yes. Um, you can give them brief. You don't have to be like an in-depth version of like their powers. I don't want to hear like fucking Wolverines. Like, well, she would have, you know, adamantium like claws. One and... power for each of the four Goldens? Yes, exactly. Okay. So, Brent, would you like to go first on this first question? Um, yeah, I mean, okay. I guess in comparison to you, all four of them have a superpower. Okay. In which, you know, because all four of them can process dairy and cheesecake. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say all four of them could have a baby, um, at least originally, oh, yeah. but... No, I mean, they can, they can process dairy and make love for four hours. So. Hey, listen, they don't have cheesecake factory slice, uh, <laughs> sizes of slices that they're trying to process, so I don't know that they're that much better than me at processing dairy. <laughs> not, not the same playing field as what you're saying. Right. So is that your, uh, your answer, that they yeah. would each be able to process yeah. dairy? <laughs> Rose can make love four hours. Okay, that's good. Um, you know, Dorothy can process dairy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Blanche's superpower is... I, I don't 
don't know. It's one of those things that I guess so make love for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I had an internal tangent. Okay. Um, I'll come back to Blanche. <laughs> Sophia's superpower. Um, I mean, I guess her superpower was, you know, she single-handedly took out the Kaiser. <laughs> she made love to Hitler and Mussolini. And <laughs> she was a spy during the war. So she's kind of like a Black Widow type exactly. character. All right. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so I guess Blanche's superpower is... Um, <laughs> it's one of those things that... I don't know what you would say. Like... Yeah, I don't know. All right, so so we have Dorothy processing dairy, um, Rose <laughs> making love for four hours, Sophia seducing world leaders, uh-huh. and Blanche nothing. Theoretically, Blanche's superpower should be, you know, defeating racism, but she just turned a blind eye towards it. <laughs> and I, I can't. Can't advocate as that as a superpower. <laughs> okay. All right, Ski. You call it super racism. <laughs> you don't have a very high bar to, to exceed, but what are your four powers? So, uh, you know, Sophia, obviously, she can burn anybody with her uh, words. Oh, nice. Okay. Super quips, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose, the uh, power of uh, product um, testing. Okay. <laughs> I especially the occupations now. Well, in this case, yes, because I mean she's got the uh, inflatable pants as part of the. Uh, I understand what you're going for. I'm just saying, Blanche has the power of a southern accent. <laughs> I was going to say Blanche has the power of art museums. Dorothy's <laughs> superpower is tall. <laughs> Logician. Okay. Yeah, she's, she solves things with logic. Okay, fair enough. And then and then does Blanche get snubbed by you also, or do you no, have a power no, for I'll Blanche? Give her, I'll give her. Uh, she's she's the sexual prowess. Okay. She can seduce anyone. Well, maybe not anyone, but older men. Well, I will. I'm going to go ahead and award this one a ski with the based on the power of the, good, Sophia's though. sick burns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so round one goes to ski. Six rounds? Yeah, that, well, five rounds, because there's six. Uh, that last one, I figure we we can wrap it up then. But. All right, so scene number two. Um, our second scene starts with Clayton arriving and having a vaguely incestuous exchange with Blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche uh, demands her surprise, and it turns out to be a tall drink of water named Doug. It takes Blanche a couple of minutes to put one-on-one together, um, and Rose a bit longer. I think I was kind of going with some of that one-on-one together. I was going to expand that into a wiener joke, but <laughs> I didn't quite make it I think there. it kind of works in this context. Yeah, well, you know, normally the phrase is two and two together, um, but I don't know. I just didn't quite finish the joke, <laughs> so, but some at least now you know special, where I was going. Some kind of space docking in yeah. the window? Well, I mean, not necessarily that. Space just... docking? <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, space docking. I don't know if space docking is really possible. Have you ever heard of this before? <laughs> it, it, it's something. It's something where one man puts his wiener into the like foreskin of another man type of <laughs> situation. Yeah, to me, it seems like one of those urban dictionary type things that just never really happened in actual practice. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, so you get a gentile and a Jew. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so. 
Um, but yeah, that's a, I think one that Ski told me about a while back. Um, <laughs> Don't put this on me. I think we found it online or something. I, you are definitely the one who introduced me to that term. You may have found it online. I'm not saying you created it. <laughs> but you're the one who introduced me to the term. Um, anyways, but... Uh, We've both been circumcised, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You'll never know. <laughs> I didn't know if that's how it came up. The two of you were like, hey. You want to? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You got an any. I got an Audi. Let's see what happens. Yeah. He's like, you want to try something? I saw <laughs> on on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, I think I like laughed real hard into the mic. And then he disappointed. He's like, oh, you're circumcised too. And I'm like, yeah, we're you know pretty similar in our backgrounds, but he's like, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, Sophia makes some comments and Dorothy apologizes saying, you'll have to, this is my favorite line, I think, you'll have to excuse my mother. She survived a slight stroke, which left her, if I can be frank, a complete burden. That was my favorite too. (laughs) That was great. Um, (laughs) There's a couple times with uh, Sophia and Dorothy in this episode that I really liked and that was... Probably is that when she was like holding her mouth, told That one's a little bit later, but it comes up soon and that one's funny as well. But anyway, so that brings us to the end of scene two and question number two, okay. uh, episode extender number two, I should say. Okay. Uh, so this one will go to Ski first. Okay. If you could interview one Golden Girl character, then that'd be one of the girls. It can be, um, or it can be any of the side characters, but not the actor, the actual character, like they were a real person. Yeah, we're talking the stand, not for battle. Exactly. Who would you Who would you interview? Which would be the one you'd want to talk yeah, do to? Do you get a reason besides, or just? I mean, you know, your answer may, you know, your likelihood of winning the question <laughs> might be improved if you gave a little bit of extra, but it's not required. I you could probably... just say Rose, and then be done. <laughs> I'd probably interview Rose just because she's my favorite character. I mean, she would be a fun interview, I think. How about you, Brent? Who would you interview? I mean, I guess it would have to be Sophia, um, just because of the four, she's done the most living. Mm, Okay. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, so tell me, you know, what was Mussolini really like? You know, (laughs) tell me, between you and me, Mama Celeste, she was a bitch, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's got to go to Brent. Yeah, that one goes to Brent. He gave a much more reasoned answer. I, I don't know. Rose would be fun to interview just in that you could ask her to tell you a story and then just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I agree. I think Sophia would have a lot more to tell you about. And I just think Brent's argument was better as well. So so we got one and one tie here on the episode extenders. All right, so now into scene three. Better than the one and one analogy you had a moment ago. <laughs> yeah, it definitely worked out better than that. But you know what? I admitted that it didn't work out before. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Ski was the one who took it into docking territory. Let's <laughs> double down on that. Anyway, we pick up a bit later in the kitchen with Blanche admitting how upset she is, saying, I don't really mind Clayton being a homosexual. I just don't like him dating men. Which I think uh, Dorothy says something to the lines of, I don't think you really understand <laughs> what this whole gay thing means. Um, Rose burst into the kitchen excited about a sign that she has won the volunteer award and a moment later Clayton comes in to ask where he and Doug can go bang one out Um, (laughs) so I think Rose is assuming she won because they told her that she didn't have to pay for her table or whatever her spot at the she's she's being comped or something exactly and that they only comp the winners at least she thinks so anyway Um, Blanche franks out uh, a moderate amount but the other girls calm her down and try to help her uh, get an Early start on her inevitable turnaround. Uh, Clayton and Doug go out for a walk, and Sophia makes a joke, so she sees them skipping. Mm-hmm. And I just put, well done, Sophia. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I just enjoy the joke, because she looks at them, and she's like, oh, they're skipping, and Blanche freaks what? out, of course, yeah. again. It's like, no, I'm just kidding. I thought as far as, like, 
one thing I liked about this episode in a general sense is that I felt like they shied away from the low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. gay joke type things yeah. that they've been guilty of in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I thought, though, was a pretty good joke that mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that low-hanging fruit. I thought that was like a good ribbing that mm-hmm. a friend would do to yeah. another friend. Mm-hmm. So I like exactly. that one a lot. Yeah. yeah, the punchline is that, you know, Blanche wouldn't be able to handle that. Or Blanche would assume that that's what they were doing. Right, exactly. But the truth is... (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have anything to add to that scene before we jump into episode extender number three? Okay. All right, so we'll go back to Brent for the answer first answer on this one. So when you die, which golden girl do you want to be compared to? Um, When I die, I guess I would like to be compared to... I guess Rose. It's one of those things that I think... They've all had moments, you know, that they've had some sort of questionable positions or stances that they've taken. Mm-hmm. But I think Rose has definitely had the fewest number of those. I think she's generally agreed to be, you know, the nicest of the Goldens. You so know? you would be okay with um, people thinking you were kind of simple? Oh, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Okay. Because, uh, again, heart's in the right place. Right. You know, and I think that's all you can really ask for. It's one of those things that... Rose definitely follows the golden rule more than the others. Oh, That's sure. She, is, she is a line to potentially win a volunteerism award. That's right. Seven times, eight times in a row she's been in line for that. So how about you, Ski? I Who would you... that factoid because it wasn't given to me in song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gave you enough of a preview of the song <laughs> that it should have burned itself into your memory, but... Talk about you, Ski. Who would you hope that they compared you to? Well, yeah, I think you had a great answer this time, too, but uh, I'm going to pick someone different just to be different. I guess I'm going with Sophia because uh, uh, I think she's probably the wisest out of them, and she's learned the most whether or not she uh, always shows her wisdom or not is questionable, but uh, I think uh, she is probably the glue that holds them all together in some respects. Mm. And I think that my, myself and my friends, and mm-hmm. I am the only one that keeps everyone together. I mean, that yeah. may be true. <laughs> I used to always consider myself to be the glue of our friendship when we were younger, because I felt like I was the one who coordinated more things um, with the group. In a lot of ways, I think that's true. Well, I think as we're older, you definitely have become the glue, just because you're the one who will always show up when someone needs help moving some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I think though, on the one hand, I don't really think you would... I don't agree, though, that Sophia is the wisest of the group. I mean, just because she's the oldest, I don't think she's the wisest. I also maybe. What's that? I think Dorothy, maybe? Yeah, I kind of think so. I think she seems to be the most level-headed. And so, because of that, even though I really don't think that Brent would be as cool with being thought of as simple in death as he says he (laughs) would be, I'm still going to care. What's that? Why would I care if people think I'm a dullard? Well, I'll just say, I think that if you were looking, you know, depending on what you think happens after this world, if you were looking down and people were like, yeah. He was sure nice, but kind of dumb. Yeah, I don't think, (laughs) I think you take some pride in your intellect. Oh, I definitely think so. That's, I I like your, your arguments. And now Brent has shot into the lead two to one. Yeah, I think it goes to him. So, all right. So, uh, Scene four now. We're uh, back to the living room now where Clayton and Doug overhear Blanche uh, berating Rose for inviting them to the banquet. Uh, there's a great point where Dorothy puts her hand over Sophia's mouth because I can't remember what it was. Sophia was, of course, going to make some sort of a comment. Um, and she, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Clayton would bend over backwards for Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so before she can comment on that statement, she holds her hand over her mouth and says, Sometimes I just love to hug my mommy, <laughs> which right. was stupid but funny at the same time. I, I really enjoyed that one. Clayton decided to tell Blanche that uh, he and Doug are getting married, mm-hmm. but Rose interprets because I think he says directly to Man- yeah, Blanche. Yeah, he's talking to Blanche. Yeah, he's like, Blanche, we're getting married. And then Rose, <laughs> there's another great one, but says, uh, Well, that's impossible, Clayton. Brothers can't marry sisters. And then a beat goes by and says, Oh, that's right. You're from the South. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely my favorite Rose line of the episode. Um, So Blanche goes into a full bad Blanche mode, saying that she won't be any part of it, and storms out of the room. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know, this episode is a bit of a disappointment on the Blanche front. Um, But, yeah, she'll turn around at the end. She does seem to be like their... Go to when we want to teach a lesson, don't you? Yeah, well, there's that aspect too, which I think is a little unfair. Not always, but a little unfair that I think it's like, oh, she's Southern. So she's going to be the <laughs> one who has the least evolved um, sensibilities about social issues or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there may be some. Well, if you look at her character, though, I think there is some truth to that. Because yeah. well, she's she the youngest, so she's the least mature. Yeah, well, and then she yeah, had, like... Yeah, the youngest, you think you'd be the most open to new things, or to, you know, changing sentiments. But I think... I think, I, I think once you get to a certain age, though, I definitely think you become more tolerant and more live and let live. Okay, yeah. fair, yeah. Besides his, like, secret lover, I think Big Daddy was kind of closed-minded for the most part of the world. Yeah, well, yeah, you definitely he get definitely, the impression from Blanche's stories that she gets her backwardsness, uh, honestly, if you will, like she was raised in the ways that she uh, approaches the world. That, you know, some from Virginia. Like, Virginia doesn't come across as... Yeah, we've only seen her just the one time. We haven't got to see her deal with the different issues that Blanche has so far. So, leave Virginia alone. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you and me. Yeah, or Blanche. <laughs> so. All right, so this one is going to go over to you first, Ski. Um, episode extender number four. If you were Coco, uh, what would be the uh, what would be the title of your autobiography? Title of my does he actually have an autobiography? No. <laughs> what, a no, not that I am aware of, and B, I'm not referring to the actor. I'm referring to the character Coco. So. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm quite certain that he did not write a an autobiography from the perspective of his one episode character. <laughs> uh, life and times of uh, <laughs> a uh, hold on, we gotta put this up. Okay. Life and times of a male housekeeper. Oh, okay. That's not very good. I mean, it's something. You came up with an idea. How about you, Brent? What would be your Autobiography title as Coco? Um, it would be something along the lines of. Monos and enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make that mine? What was yours? Kimonos and enchiladas. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that is solid. It's much yeah. more solid than the life and times of the. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that. <laughs> oh, that's the winner right there. I think yours is better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a ski. I think yours is better, and Brent did also. You came up with two in the time it took Brent <laughs> to come up with one. So, um, he even had the little advantage of hearing yours first. Yeah. Um, so. I like the Coco, though. That's it was good. It was good. Um, I, I won't, I'll definitely give him that. But 
by awarding that to Ski, it keeps the contest interesting. Two and two. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had already planned it. After Ski's answer, honestly, after his initial answer, I was like, oh, Brent's going to win this one. Um, so then I was already planning to award three points for the final answer. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure it was so worthwhile to keep score. <laughs> but, you know, luckily Ski pulled it out with his second answer. Um, so what you want about skill? He'll, ski, he'll pull it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and the truth is, is that... Uh, had you given your answer quick, like rapidly, then you would have not even given Ski a chance to give a second answer. So, you know, really your your extra time needed was your true enemy, not Ski. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get into scene five now. It's banquet time. And uh, Rose is off to the side practicing her acceptance speech, uh, providing a truly excellent 44 seconds of television. I love that whole scene of her, you know, <laughs> pretending and then. She's spotted by Dorothy and Sophia waving to the crowd, um, and then the three of them join Doug and Clayton at the table. We are not expecting to see Blanche at this point, um, which I think Rose even says something to the effect, or one of them says something to the effect of it being kind of shitty for her not to be there. Maybe it's Dorothy says it to Sophia. Yeah. Uh, but then she does show up unexpectedly, and uh, but she makes it clear that she is there for Rose because it's a big night for her. Uh, Sophia steps to the podium to present the award and announces that Agnes Bradshaw has posthumously won the award. Uh, Rose flips her shit, <laughs> claiming that the award is fixed and that Agnes doesn't need that award on her mantle. She's on her mantle, which is another solid Rose line. In a, a cruel twist of fate, they make Rose accept the award on Agnes's behalf, and uh, her acceptance speech is another tour de force uh, with Sophia having to wrestle the award back out of her hands. Uh, Isn't the line something like, I was about to win this award. Frankly, I did win this award. I don't... No, it's not. It's no, but... It, she's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't recognize your reference. But she does say something like, I was really surprised I won this when my friend Rose did so much more volunteer work than me. It's not humble bragging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, a few minutes later... Uh, a woman comes by to say hi to Blanche. Um, Clayton introduces himself, and then as he's about to introduce Doug, Blanche hits a new low and starts screaming, Fire, fire, everybody out! I guess I guess just afraid that he would introduce him as his fiance or boyfriend. Um, Lover. In all honesty, he probably just would have said, This is Doug. <laughs> this is <laughs> but, Doug, my man, sex partner. <laughs> yeah, that's probably all he would have said. Um, Let's start yelling fire. And, you know, first responder Doug just sort of takes a step back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm off the clock. Exactly. You <laughs> so, gotta find someone else. But yeah, Clayton, of course, is justifiably pissed, and uh, he and Doug bounce. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> All right, so then we have our final one, our tiebreaker uh, episode extender. Well, it can be worth a thousand now since it's tied <laughs> two to two. <laughs> Whoever gets it wins. Um, so, what show? Now, this one is a two part question. So, I guess potentially. You guys could tie if uh, you, depending on how how it works out. But what show of their era and what show of any era would you like to see the Golden Girls crossover with? And I have an answer for at least their era. Um, I had team this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so Brent, which show of their era would you like to see the Golden Girls crossover with? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Okay. So what in what context would they do that? Would you say? Um, like just that they would show up, you know, while they're trying to figure out the mysteries of Twin Peaks. 
Yeah, or even, I guess, could Twin Peaks show up in there? Like, sure, yeah, either way, yeah. Like Agent Dale Cooper could mm-hmm. be investigating a case and show up okay. there in Miami. Oh, fair enough. You know, he's, you know, they're getting some coffee and a cheesecake instead of a damn stuff good slice of pie. <laughs> fair enough. And how about you, Ski? What, what show of well, their era? Alf. Alf? <laughs> what else? I can Alf? see that, uh, you know... Uh, That'd be Goldens, a great dream episode, the yeah. The Goldens uh, enter into it. They're on vacation or Alps in Miami. I don't care which way it goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I envision that the other Goldens don't know, but Rose you know, finds Alf, right? Okay. By accident or something, right? right. And uh, the whole episode, like they're, they're talking incognito, and they're trying to figure out some problem. But uh, no one believes Rose when she says there's an alien that thinks she's crazy. And uh, treat her... In the very poor way they always do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's seen an extraterrestrial before. Yeah. Right? So, oh, it's just another one of those times. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, I liked Ski's answer a bit better on that one, but you are both wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show of their era that they should have crossed over with directly is The Simpsons. So, um, I'm... I thought that would have been any era, you said. Well, I said up there, but that one is from their era, so I guess okay. I could have worked out either way. Um, but I would have specific... since. Since that one limits it to a How show that was on during them. Just, just, just Betty White. Uh, but she's been on it multiple times. And her appearances have been excellent when she's been on it. But anyways, all right. So Brent, then now any era. You could pick any show of all time. What would you... We both got zero points for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that. <laughs> so it, all, it all comes down to this one. Okay. Um, so the show from any era in which they could... I'd like to see them cross over. Yeah. Would be, um, I, I think there's only really one true correct answer. Okay. Sophia's Choice and Golden Girls. <laughs> 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 so you didn't say what kind of show, did you? No, I did not. I did say his show of any era. <laughs> so, so I suppose this does qualify. Top that. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, most of their uh, co-stars and guest appearances have been uh, some kind of tie-in to Star Trek Next Generation. Mm. So I'm going to say that. Okay. So, well, that's a tough call, but... Um. <laughs> they, were, they were beamed on board. They were somehow, like, amazed by all the technology and such. <laughs> so, Ski, on the first part of it, I definitely would have given you the leg up, because I did like ALF as a funnier answer than Twin Peaks. Um, and Brent tried to give no explanation of it at all at first. <laughs> I didn't realize we had to give the of the oh, that's fair. Um, but I would say I'm going to go ahead and give it to Brent for his pandering. Um, <laughs> not enough pandering happens on this show, especially from Brent's perspective. <laughs> Normally, everything he has to say about our show is negative. So even suggesting they might be on it is a step in the right direction. <laughs> so, they would deem it worthy. All right. So, Brent, you're the uh, episode extender of the episode. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, Osar. <laughs> our final scene begins in the kitchen with Sophia helping Blanche see the error of her ways and then uh, proposing to her, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, Blanche goes to talk to Clayton Doug, but finds an ashamed Rose sitting on the couch. Rose talks about recommending herself to charity um, and, you know, basically throwing herself into the work. We find out that... Uh, after Blanche leaves the room, that a wild-eyed Rose actually did steal the award, and that the thing she needs to work on is getting Agnes's name off of the uh, off of the plaque. The trophy, yeah. yeah. Uh, Blanche heads into the bedroom to apologize and tell uh, Clayton that while she doesn't understand, she does want him to be happy and will respect their decision. Although it isn't really like it's a good apology, 
And I do think that that is the way that people in general should handle things. You know, that even if you don't understand, just, you know, respect what lives people live and all that. That said, I feel like she could have gone a little further than just like, yeah, I don't get it, but I'll respect your decision. Like, it's not even like I'm happy for you for being happy. It's just I want you to be yeah, happy. Yeah, she's talked about her close relationship with her brother many times. Yeah. So, so. you know that she loves and cares about him. Yeah, I think she could have taken it a, just a, a hair further on, uh, on well, her Well, I was glad culpa. at the end, like, they all do, like, a group hug, and she kind of leans in to Doug. Yeah. Um, hug him. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the show ends with Blanche, Doug, and Clayton hugging it out while we all wait for Blanche's next opportunity to be a terrible person. So... So we had uh, four guest actors on that one. Uh, luckily, it'll be an easy one because uh, Monty uh, Markham, he played Kate Clayton for his second of two Golden Girls. We had Mimi Cousins. She played Susan Dodds on her uh, second of two Golden Girls. Then we had Michael Ayer. He played Doug. He only had 20 titles to his name and nothing particularly remarkable. And this was his only Golden Girls. And then we had uh, Lou Coutel. He played Irving. 102 titles for him. His only Golden Girls, um, but he did play The Amazing Larry in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Dr. Brainerd in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he was on uh, eight episodes of Betty Wife's Off Their Rockers, so he must have really made a, an impression on Betty for that episode. Yes, yeah. So. I love The Amazing Larry. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was a good character on that. Um, all right, Ski, so, well, I guess you can ask the questions here, Brent, since you're the one who did our introduction. He's, he's the extender, too. That's right, yeah. That's your prize. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, who was your MVP? I think Agnes, right? <laughs> Eight time. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go with everyone, even though Agnes clearly deserves some kind of recognition yeah. after having her award stolen. She was due. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, probably Clayton. Like, okay. honestly, I mean, he, you know, found happiness despite pretty... Rough time in the world, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to forgive his sister when she was pretty rude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like Rose just knocked it out of the park in this episode. Yeah. I thought she had so many really funny parts. Um, Even though she stole four Agnes's thunder. I mean, if it wasn't for her wild eyes at the end, I might have had an issue with that. <laughs> but just the fact that she looks so insane as she yeah. is polishing up that award. Yeah, the, I, the yeah. evil becomes a positive at the end, right? Exactly. So yeah, I had to give it to Rose in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Rose gets mine. Okay, um, I went with Doug, uh, just because you know he came into a really tense situation mm-hmm. and he didn't freak out. He just sort of rolled with the punches, and he had a good you know humor with everything. And also, just as a side note, the fact that the actor who portrayed him, you know, didn't make him effeminate at all. You yeah, know, like you could see those two together. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things like, oh well, that's a nice couple. Fair enough. So I go with Doug. Um, how many slices would you give it, Steve? I don't know. I'm always kind of torn on these ones when they paint somebody in such a bad light. And I think it was pretty rough with Blanche this round. Especially since they've already tackled Clayton being gay in the previous one. Uh, I think I get one and a half. I struggled with this one because I really liked the episode, but I really didn't like the way they had Blanche in it. Like, everybody else I liked really well. Um, I thought that... Sophia was fun. I thought the the interactions between Sophia and Dorothy were great. Mm-hmm. I thought I really liked all of Rose's part um, with uh, the whole award ceremony situation. And I thought Clayton and Doug were great as well. It was only the fact that it's like we've done this same storyline so many times of yeah. Blanche has an outdated view and, you know, we're going to try to woo her over. So I had a lot of trouble. I actually gave it a seven, which mm-hmm. I realize is maybe a little high, but... 
I like the overall. I like the fact that the the couple on there, like Brent said, they didn't make a characterization or what's the word I'm looking for? Care, not characterization. Caricature. Caricature. Thank you. They didn't make a caricature yeah, of them it wasn't at all. A stereotype. The way stereotype. Yeah. The ponytail. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they played them, you know, as, as good characters. I mean, the only issue I had with it is just the fact that we've had the same storyline yeah. with Blanche. Blanche has regressed back to where she was the last oh, time. It was, yeah. it was pretty similar in a few respects to uh, just a couple episodes ago with um, Phil's cross-dressing and Sophia. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's the same, I would think, same ballpark oh, as yeah. far as stereotyping. I mean, in fairness, Blanche, I felt like, made more progress than Sophia did mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. in this one. She's... She actually seemed to uh, accept her brother, at least to some degree, at the end, whereas Sophia well, just mourned. Closure. <laughs> um, closure, that's so. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so seven for me, though. Yeah, I thought I was going to have my six and a half, but yeah. But good. Easy. So, yeah, I thought this one was, a, like I said, I thought a solid episode. Uh, if if it wasn't for the fact that we've had the same kind of episode with Blanche a lot, I you know, wouldn't have had any issue even going maybe a half slice higher, but... Yeah. Um, sorry, so it's seven, six and a half for you, and four for you, Ski? Four and a half. Four and a half, okay. It may, it may be enough to be in a contender for at the end of the season. season. Yeah. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And once it gets through the season, then who knows? The playoffs, right. anybody can win. It's crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Right, well, before we sign off for the night, um, we'd just like to remind everyone that tomorrow is November 7th, and I hope you all tune in at 10 a.m. and listen to our very first live recording. I think it'll be something special. <laughs> Stay golden. Oh, that's 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Ah. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.